Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, it's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Thank you for joining us and letting us be part of your day. So much to talk about, and we have uh, a lot of folks lined up ready to weigh in and give us their thoughts on the U.S.-Japan trade deal. Dave Salmonson with the American Farm Bureau Federation will be with us. Joe Glauber, former USDA chief economist, now senior research fellow for the International Food Policy Research Institute will join us as well to give us some thoughts on the uh, trade deal and also looking at uh, China and USMCA. Also on our program today, we'll be talking about propane supply and availability for this fall's harvest. But right now, we're going to go to Washington, D.C. Started off with Phil Brasher with AgriPulse Communications. Phil, thanks for joining us. I guess the big question is how much will the impeachment proceedings impact other issues like passage of USMCA. Have you got a feel for that yet? Oh, not yet, but that is a $64,000 question. Um, yeah, you know, on one, the argument that it will slow it down or be a problem, of course, is that this will distract uh, the House Democrats even further uh, than they already are, that uh, they will not want to give uh, the president a win. However, I think uh, the other case you're hearing, and uh, I think it makes a lot of sense, is that uh, Democrats are going to want to get this uh, get this done. And particularly, if you're a, if you're a rural Democrat who, uh, especially one who uh, won in a uh, Trump district, you're uh, you're, you're going to want to get you're going to feel a lot of pressure to get this across the line, and I have a hard time explaining back home that this impeachment inquiry, which may or may not be popular, uh, or less certainly less popular in your district than it is in other Democratic districts, uh, is uh, preventing this uh, victory uh, for uh, agriculture. Well, it'll be interesting to see how this goes. There'll be a lot of twists and turns, that's for sure, and we'll we'll see yeah, well, how it plays it's out. Very early, it's very early to see yeah. how you know how this settles out. Meanwhile, the good news uh, is this U.S.-Japan trade deal. It seems to be good for agriculture. Yeah, we've been uh, we've been hearing this was coming. We had the sort of basic details uh, of, of parameters of what it was going to be for weeks, months, actually. Uh, we anticipated this as soon as August came in, came in September. Yeah, this is uh, basically getting back to uh, what the U.S. Uh, Ag would have gotten from the uh, TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership that the President Trump pulled the United States out of. Um, the one commodity, notable commodity, that did get some access to Japan through TPP, but not through this deal, is rice. But uh, a number of range of other commodities, especially crops as well as uh, uh, beef and pork, they uh, they, they certainly are, are applauding this uh, deal. This is an oversimplification because there are differences, some differences. But if you really step back and look at it, we're we're getting in this deal with Japan what we pretty much would have had if we'd have stayed in TPP. We're trying to get USMCA passed, which with some some improvements acknowledged, but overall getting this back to what we basically had with NAFTA. From an agricultural standpoint, these would be our great victories if we get them all, but it it really kind of get I don't want to say maintain status quo, but it pretty much keeps us going where we were, right? Yeah, I would agree with you with one notable exception, and that's the dairy access uh, in Canada uh, that uh, that was not included in TPP, but uh, the White House did get that uh, USMCA. It's now created some heartburn, and it has, uh, it has uh, leaked into the uh, uh, to the campaign. Uh, uh, Prime Minister uh, Trudeau is in. Uh, uh, Right, even as we speak. So that, that's the one exception. I mentioned rice uh, not getting into Japan, and the other exception uh, 
notable exception, I would say, is uh, the area in Canada. Some interesting hearings yesterday, one uh, that had the livestock industry front and center. Right. Um, yeah, that, uh, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the issues, uh, we've heard a lot, um, pricing and others, uh, were here at that, uh, at that hearing. I haven't heard a lot from Senate Ag, uh, with the farm bill, with the farm bill passed, uh, they've looked in, uh, to, to the climate issue, uh, but, uh, it's not, it's not quite as busy a season for, uh, the spending bills are they taken care of yet and how, how or how close are they okay well that's uh, action is going on even as we speak of course the new fiscal year starts uh on october 1st um next tuesday we have now a continuing resolution that will keep the government funded until november 21st once it's uh um cleared and passed and signed into law by the uh, the president. That will give the House and Senate time, whether they can get it done or not, but that will give them time to negotiate uh, the uh, fiscal 2020 bills. None of those have actually been enacted. Uh, there's 12 of them to fund uh, the entire government to probably get uh, eventually combined into one, one bill or a combination of bills. Um, uh, however, uh, the Senate has just gotten started in the last couple of couple of weeks. Uh, their Senate Appropriations Committee is moving several today uh, to the floor, including the uh, bill for the Interior Department and EPA. Last week they did the uh, bill for uh, USDA and FDA. So progress, uh, slow progress, still a lot of work to be done to uh, on the government for the fiscal year that starts next week. The biodiesel industry is trying to get a biodiesel tax credit back as part of a tax extenders package. Is there anything happening there, any uh, path forward you see on that? Still looking toward the end of the year for that. Um, you know, that's been, been lapsed for, for a couple of, uh, almost a couple of years now. Uh, still certainly hope for that, but uh, that's one of those end-of-the-year things uh, that most likely might get wrapped up into uh, uh, the spending legislation. All right. Yeah, Phil, we'll let you go. I know never a dull moment in uh, our nation's capital these days. I know there's a lot going on, and we'll see how it all plays out. Thank you for the update. Okay, great. Great to be here. Take care. Phil Brasher with AgriPulse Communications. So, we do have the big news. The good news is the trade deal done with Japan, and we're going to get details on that from Dave Salmonson with the American Farm Bureau Federation coming up next, just what's in there and, and um, what it means for U.S. agriculture. When does it really kick in? When could we start seeing more sales to Japan? And meanwhile, what's happening with China, and what about the, the impeachment cloud? Does it impact or slow uh, USMCA moving forward. We'll talk about that with Dave Salmonson coming up next. Stay with us here on AOA Adams on Agriculture. The sounds of success vary from person to person. Success sounds like this to a Credence soybean grower. Along with 43 new varieties this year, Credence soybeans come with agronomic expertise from BASF. That means expert advisors who bring local insights on seed selection, management decisions, and crop protection options. Knowing the kind of success you're shooting for? That's smart. Ask your local BASF seed advisor about Credence soybeans. Always read and follow label directions. Adams on Agriculture, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. 
About 80% of farmers use propane to dry their grain. If you're part of that 80%, you know a dryer fueled with propane distributes heat and dries grain more evenly. With FS Propane, you can increase harvest quality, improve productivity, and lower fuel cost. Propane from FS ensures dependable supply. FS offers services and flexible, convenient payment programs to help keep your mind on your business while they manage your propane tank and supply. For grain drying, choose FS Propane. FS Propane brings the heat. There's a reason more than a billion feet of ADS farm tile lies beneath America's heartland. It's simple. We build trust. Since 1966, farmers and their families have trusted ADS products to improve yields and create longer growing seasons. From lift stations to water control structures, ADS Agriculture has everything you need for total ag water management solutions. For everyone out there feeding the world, we wish you all a safe and happy harvest. Recently on Adams on Agriculture. Happy to be joined now by the new CEO of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, Colin Woodall. Colin, thanks for joining us. Congratulations. Thank you, Mike. I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to the challenge, and I appreciate you having me on this morning. Well, you're the new CEO, but you're not new to the beef industry or to NCBA. How many years now? Fifteen years with NCBA, and all of those were in the Washington, D.C. office. For the past ten, I have been the head of our operations in Washington, D.C., and of course that's been a great opportunity to work on all of the policy priorities of NCBA's membership. And now in this new role, I'll still have a hand in, in that entire operation as far as our policy and making sure we're delivering on behalf of our members, but also spend more time focused on recruiting for new membership uh, here at NCBA and also spending a lot of time on the work that we do as the largest contractor to the National Beef Checkoff. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Well, let's take a closer look at this U.S.-Japan trade deal. Joining us now is Dave Salmonson, Senior Director, Congressional Relations for the American Farm Bureau Federation. Dave, thanks for joining us. Uh, give us some details. What's in this deal? Well, in this deal are tariff reductions across a broad range of products, beef, pork, um, you know, think of anything, dairy products, uh, all kinds of fruits and vegetables, most of everything we, uh, we already sell to Japan, uh, some tariff eliminations, but the headline news, of course, are the tariff reductions, especially for beef. Um, you know, now currently U.S. beef is paying a 38.5% tariff um, over time, probably over about uh, 8, 10 years. That will go down to 9%. It goes down in stages. But the important thing is that we will, once this goes into effect, uh, be slotted in with our competitors, who are now paying a 26% tariff on beef exports to Japan. We'll join them at that level and go down uh, with the other countries. So that is really important for the beef industry, pork industry, much the same. There's a, Currently we're paying over a 12% tariff. That will go down to about a 7% tariff over time, and again, we'll be in with our competitors at the same level they're paying. So uh, looking for uh, good increases for uh, what is already a very good export market for us, our, our fourth largest export market, but there's uh, room to improve. Does this get us to where we would have been had we stayed in TPP? Pretty much. 
Uh, pretty much everything that's uh, in TPP uh, is in this first part of this deal. There are some uh, exceptions here. People bring up the fact that, you know, in TPP we did have some, uh, not large, but some additional rice that would have gone into Japan that didn't get it into this cut. But we have to remember there will be more negotiations with Japan going forward. Uh, this is what's being referred to as a mini-deal. Uh, dealt with some agricultural market access, some industrial tariffs, uh, and digital commerce chapter. The full-blown free trade agreement with Japan uh, that was notified to Congress uh, last fall contains about 26 chapters. So we've dealt with about three of them. So there's a provision in this deal that four months after it's ratified and goes into effect, uh, negotiations on the rest of it will begin. And in there, we'll have another opportunity to maybe revisit some of these market access issues that didn't make it in so far for agriculture rules, uh, standards rules, much of other rules areas, and uh, some more issues about enforcement. So there's still an agricultural interest in the uh, in having an overall comprehensive uh, FTA with Japan. Um, I mean, you're putting together the first economy of the world and the third largest economy of the world. So we do have a continuing interest in making a high-standard agreement that will be a template for other trade agreements going forward. When will these tariff reductions take place? Well, on ratification of this agreement, now, see, Japan has to pass all this. Their uh, parliament comes back into session in October. So if everything works out right and they pass the legislation for these tariff reductions, We'd like to look forward and think that this could go into effect beginning on January 1st of 2020. The U.S. does not have to do anything with this. Uh, mostly we didn't uh, make any changes to our law. Uh, the small changes to some of our industrial tariffs and a few uh, small ag-related tariffs that we have on Japanese imports fall under a provision of the Trade Promotion Authority law uh, where they don't have to be uh, have any congressional action. They're less than 5% changes in our tariffs. So um, don't need anything to go to Congress with for this, again, mini-deal, you might say. Um, so this can go forward uh, basically as soon as the Japanese take action. We're talking with Dave Salmonson with the American Farm Bureau Federation. Dave, as we get closer to more talks with China, we're hearing more about them buying more U.S. ag products. What have we seen so far? Well, we have seen some uh, announcements of purchases on some soybeans. Uh, I think we're looking forward to hopefully see some more announcements. There's been some and hopefully more on pork. Um, there was a limited waiver uh, given by the Chinese government to their private companies of the uh, tariffs, uh, their import tariffs on U.S. soybeans. Um, so they are able to get in the market in some way. Um, certainly, I think, though, it's going to take these negotiations, which we think will begin uh, in earnest like the second week of October, uh, to really iron these things out, to put the U.S. and China on a course where tariffs uh, can be reduced across the broad range of products. Hopefully, we'll start to see the end of that, uh, get to some agreements on the, on the broader underlying issues of technology transfer and intellectual property protection, and uh, also come along and announce some, uh, that uh, China is back in the market uh, for U.S. agricultural products in a big way, which we're all uh, hoping those announcements keep coming. So um, we're looking forward to that. Of course, this is, uh, you know, we've had starts and stops in the U.S.-Chinese negotiations, but we're certainly encouraging them to go forward and uh, come to an agreement. President Trump talked about uh, having discussions with several countries uh, is, there, is there anything else uh, imminent as far as another uh, potential trade deal out there? Well, there are discussions with some countries. It's, uh, you know, we have discussions. They're not moving along hardly at all with the European Union. There's some fundamental things there. And, in fact, just next week there's a potential because of this Boeing Airbus case. The U.S. will put tariffs on some EU imports and over time, the EU will probably retaliate against that uh, with more tariffs on our exports. So that doesn't look like that's going along very well. Depending on the outcome of the Brexit discussions, the U.S. could engage in substantive discussions with Britain um, fairly soon. But uh, we have no idea where that's going. I think uh, U.S. agriculture is still looking more towards the Pacific Rim countries, the uh, TPP countries, um, bring up Vietnam, Malaysia, 
other countries in that region, which we think uh, have been good markets for U.S. agriculture, would grow substantially if we could make a deals on uh, preferential uh, trade agreement and reducing those tariffs those countries have against us even more. So um, plenty of opportunities around the world, as we see we need to diversify our markets for some of our main commodities, um, and we're hoping the administration encouraging them to uh, pursue these opportunities. And the big question, the speculation, uh, will the impeachment proceedings impact USMCA? What do you think? Well, boy, that's an, that's an unknowable right now. I think uh, everybody who's behind USMCA, uh, leaders in the House side, uh, Senate side, are both saying they'll keep going, keep working on this. Uh, we believe it's close. We believe there's been good faith negotiating between the House Democrats and the administration and trying to iron out those issues of uh, enforcement, labor, environment uh, that they've been working on over the last few months. I, uh, I'd like to think we can get there, despite all the distraction, to use that word, um, that's going on here in town. But uh, politics is always a part of everything dealing with the Congress, but we'll keep giving it as hard a push as we can and keep going to try to get this done as soon as possible. Yes. So much of this is unpredictable because you just don't know which direction some of this will take. So we just have to kind of watch and see. Uh, meanwhile, though, the U.S.-Japan deal that we started off talking about, that's cause for celebration, right? I mean, this is a win for U.S. agriculture? This is a win. You know, since uh, the TPP went forward, the U.S. withdrew from that. You know, the main part of that was always getting a trade deal with Japan. That was the core and the re- real reason we were involved in that. Um so now this has come to fruition, at least mostly, and, uh, you know, we're very happy that this has happened. We spent a lot of time working with the administration, talking with all kinds of people, getting support to move this forward, and we're very pleased that the uh, President Trump and Prime Minister Abe were able to sign off on the deal in uh, New York just uh, a little bit ago, just yesterday, when they signed that statement and um, hopefully get it all legally finished up and uh, move it through the process in Japan, and let's uh, get those provisions uh, implemented and have more U.S. product going to Japan as soon as we can. I realize there are different situations, but it's too bad we couldn't do something like that with China, get get a kind of a mini ag trade deal done first and then work on the bigger package. Well, that's, uh, that's something we're all, uh, we're all advocating for very strongly. That uh, I think when you do things like this, and they hear this across the business community, while they all want the comprehensive deal, other interests need to be, have, uh, that they have with it, they all understand you need to have success. Uh, some of these trade negotiations seem to go on and on forever without any results. We think this is a good fa- first step forward, like the necessary first step to getting a comprehensive deal with Japan, and uh, we hope uh, a deal on agriculture uh, could pave the way for a bigger deal with China down the road. All right, Dave, thanks for the update, and nice to have some good news to talk about for a change. Thanks a lot. It is. Yep, thank you. Dave Salmonson, Senior Director, Congressional Relations for the American Farm Bureau Federation. We'll get some more perspective uh, on uh, the trade situation coming up next with Joe Glauber, Senior Research Fellow at the International Food Policy Research Institute and former USDA Chief Economist. also want to ask him about this uh, controversial move of those research agencies from Washington, D.C. to Kansas City. Some are saying that's going to delay some of the research coming out of those agencies. We'll talk about that as well coming up next on AOA. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines. There's a reason more than a billion feet of ADS farm tile lies beneath America's heartland. It's simple. We build trust. Since 1966, farmers and their families have trusted ADS products to improve yields and create longer growing seasons. From lift stations to water control structures, ADS Agriculture has everything you need for total ag water management solutions. For everyone out there feeding the world, we wish you all a safe and happy harvest. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section and after dad's back injury. They helped when you were in pain and you held on to them just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Trouble with opioids can start at home with unused medicines such as pills, patches, and syrups. You can remove the risk and protect your family. 
Find out how at www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. Time now for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture for the American Ag Network. I'm Kirsten Rawls. President Trump made comments on Wednesday suggesting there is a good chance that a U.S.-China trade deal could happen sooner than we think. On Wednesday, multiple media outlets citing multiple Chinese traders and analysts suggesting large purchases of soybeans and pork are close at hand. This week's export sales report should be viewed as bearish for corn, soybeans, and wheat. USDA reported an increase of 19.4 million bushels of corn export sales for 2019-2020, an increase of 38.1 million bushels of soybean export sales, and an increase of 10.4 million bushels of wheat export sales for 2019-2020. Hog futures are giving back some of Wednesday's gains with the December contract trading 0.8% lower out of the 32,200 metric tons of U.S. pork export sales reported by the USDA on Thursday. Only 3,400 tons were destined for China. On the Board of Trade, October lean hogs are trading 17 cents higher at 64.75. September feeder cattle are unchanged at 141.57. The October contract, though, up 57 cents at 143.02. October live cattle are a dime lower at 102.90. December live cattle up 5 cents at 108.55. For the grain and oilseed sector, December corn is trading 3 and 3 quarters of a cent lower at 3.70 and a half cent. November soybeans trading a half a cent lower at 8.88 and a half cent. December Minneapolis spring wheat up 2 cents at 5.56 and a quarter of a cent. Kansas City wheat December up 5 and a quarter of a cent at 4.09 and a quarter of a cent. December Chicago wheat up 7 and a half at 4.84 and three quarters of a cent. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture for the American Ag Network. I'm Kirsten Rall. Sometimes life is wonderful and sometimes it's not. Cherish the good but always be prepared for life's challenges. At Private Healthcare, we provide the peace of mind you deserve. With Private Healthcare, you'll get the coverage you want and healthcare you need. If your employer doesn't supply healthcare coverage and you don't qualify for Medicare or Medicaid, you need to give us a call right now. Private Healthcare is private health insurance for ages 65 and under with medical, dental, vision, and even prescription coverage. When life comes at you unexpectedly, you need to be ready. And health insurance is your financial safety net. If you're looking for health coverage at the best price and your annual household income is 35000 or more, give us a call at 800-664-2612. That's 800-664-2612. 800-664-2612. The sounds of success vary from person to person. Success sounds like this to a credence soybean grower. Along with 43 new varieties this year, credence soybeans come with agronomic expertise from BASF. That means expert advisors who bring local insights on seed selection, management decisions, and crop protection options. Knowing the kind of success you're shooting for? That's smart. Ask your local BASF seed advisor about credence soybeans. Always read and follow label directions. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. Happy to have with us now Joe Glauber, Senior Research Fellow at the International Food Policy Research Institute, former USDA Chief Economist. Joe, thanks for joining us. I want to get your thoughts, first of all, on this U.S.-Japan trade deal. What do you think? This is a better week than, than last, uh, for yeah. sure. Uh, no, I think this is good. Uh, it's certainly good for U.S. farmers. Uh, the, the deal is pretty much what we were expecting out of TPP, Maybe a little less dairy access, but but uh, otherwise it looks a lot like TPP, and that that's good news. Uh, the Japan was a big part of the gains that we saw in TPP, and moreover, not being in TPP um, gives such an advantage to Canada and Australia and some of our competitors. So so wrapping up something on on this deal with with Japan is really important, and and um, I think that's really good news. Now, this is step one or phase one. There's more to come on this, right? 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, uh, understand that this is a, a small part of what uh, the administration hopes will be a big agreement with Japan, and I think for that reason, uh, one always has to wor- worry about that. That you know, maybe at a later date, uh, uh, some of this could could get rolled back or something. Um, but we've kind of seen these sorts of ebb- ebbs and flows, but hopefully it won't. Hopefully, uh, uh, we'll see progress and. Um, uh, get this impl- uh, implemented, and it's going to take time to imp- implement some of the tariff cuts and other things that are in this agreement, like like it would have been under TPP. But um, again, um, uh, at least in the short run, this is this is great news. Let's turn to China. There's um, some optimism again. We've seen this before. The president even saying that the, it's, a deal could happen sooner than you might think. Um, what are you seeing? Are you sharing that optimism? Are we headed in the right path here, right direction? Yeah, I just don't know. I mean, I, the, uh, there have been some purchases. Uh, they've been small. There's talk about bigger purchases. We know China needs pork. We know, um, um, and, and we also know that this is typically the time of year where they turn to us for soybeans. So both of those things, you know, tariffs, we, we talk about them hurting consumers, um, and, and, and that's certainly the case, and that's no different for Chinese consumers. Um, you know, they've seen poor, uh, inflation on pork, and I mean, a lot because of swine fever as well, so I don't want to discount that because I think that is a very big issue looming on all of this, but um, it uh, hopefully we'll see some progress there. I, I think... I don't think anyone's expecting a big breakthrough on the major issues that confront the U.S. and China, however. So if there's, um, you know, if, if for agriculture, if we can get some sort of return to at least some trade moving, that will certainly help uh, uh, the bean market and, and, and uh, perhaps uh, pork and some other products as well. African swine fever, which continues to spread to other countries, how long do you think the impact of that will be felt? I mean, this would seem to take, uh, it will impact markets from a protein side, from a soybean side, uh, for for some time, won't it? Yeah, I think I think it will, Mike. And uh, some interesting things going on. I was looking at a blog the other day that was talking about, uh, during this period, that, that some of these China op, uh, uh, hog operations have really stepped up um, some of the big ones are, have been getting bigger, um, and which implies to me more efficiencies and other sorts of things. So this is going to take a while to, uh, I mean, if these numbers are anywhere close to what people have been talking about, you know, that, that you know, that you can look at, at uh, uh, a substantial drop in China hog production, um, it will, I think it's going to be a, a couple of years or more, uh, in fact, longer, but but hopefully we would see a rebound pretty, uh, you know, it, it, assuming they can get this thing under control, um, that you would begin to start seeing some turnaround. But uh, I think, again, my fear all along with this China trade war is that once the tariffs and or once we get some trade flowing again, I think everyone's going to be surprised that it's just not back to the levels that it had been because there's just not... Um, you know, we just don't have the, the number of animals eating uh, protein meal as, as we had before, at least not in China. Yeah, you know, I made the this point earlier, um, and, and not trying to cast a, a cloud or a shadow on anything, because this is good news with the Japan deal, and hopefully we're going to get some good news with USMCA. But with, with some exceptions here or there, we're getting in the U.S.-Japan deal what we would have had if we'd have stayed in TPP, and we're getting in USMCA basically a continuance of, for agriculture in many cases, with some improvements with dairy and some things, and a continuation of what we had with NAFTA, right? I mean, we're we're trying to get back to where we were or could have been. No, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, and, and, and again, it's not folding, uh, you know, I, uh, it's not saying the negotiators haven't put a lot of time into this, but, yeah, this is my fear, too. For agriculture, we, you know, uh, uh, I mean, we've kind of clawed back to trying to get, and, and with China, you know, trying to get back to just some normalcy uh, while we're still kind of 
dealing with these bigger issues. But but I agree that these are all things. Uh, TPP was on the table, um, you know, one way or the other. When we fight, you know, presuming we get this thing implemented fairly soon, we're still a year or two behind where we could have been, right? And so, um, and then then the deal with uh, NAFTA or the USMCA, uh, yeah, I think there we're talking about essentially the same deals we've had a little better a little bit of uh, access for dairy uh but but again there too the the fear for me hopefully this will get will get approved um uh, I, there's a real threat out there still i think uh, just yesterday I, I see the president made a a comment on it uh, that you know he, he wouldn't say that he would withdraw from nafta but he said you know my feelings on nafta it's a terrible deal meaning the old nafta so I worry that, that, you know, there's always that threat looming out there, too. Uh, hopefully we'll see USMCA passed um, over the next couple of months. We're talking with Joe Glauber, Senior Research Fellow at the International Food Policy Research Institute. Joe, let's talk about uh, the controversial move of the research agencies from Washington, D.C. to Kansas City. We've talked about that before, and that process is still going on, and uh, we know that the Several people have uh, left the agencies. Uh, there, I saw a story this week saying expect the research that would normally come out of those agencies to be delayed, uh, and who knows for how long. Uh, do you think that's the case? And if so, what impact would that have? Yeah, it, it, it's interesting. I, I don't think all the shoes have dropped. I mean, we still don't have a good count on how many people actually will be moving uh, in the sense that uh, um, those who were told they were going to be um, reassigned to Kansas City, they still have a couple months to actually make a decision on whether or not to go. And there are some indications that some of them have been looking for work. So there may be fewer people than than even we think right now uh, will be making that work. I do know that, that certain program areas have been pretty much, uh, uh, you know, the, everyone's left out of those program areas. I, I know that you know the a lot of the data that farmers are interested in are referred to as principal economic indicators that you know there's those will be produced and I think that that so the Wazi report will will be produced one way or the other that's not something that that is going to you know disappear for a few months um, I'm not saying that the job would be necessarily any easier I think that that uh, there will be some people. Um, that are going to be, they'll be bringing new people on board. They'll be, uh, the transition probably won't be very smooth. Um, but, but that, those, those sorts of indicators, things like farm income, those will be, um, continue to be produced. But, but some of the other stuff, uh, yeah, you hear, you know, ERS has long put out productivity measures, and these are of interest to a lot of people. Um, and, and, you know, if nothing else, indicate uh, you know what we're, what sort of progress we're making on research and development and other sorts of things. Uh, a lot of that, those staffs are gone or been spread and are now in other places. And so, how soon all that stuff gets back together, I think, is is uh, will be real critical here. And and um, I fear that, that some of this just could be lost. But hopefully, the commodity work and some of the other. Uh, principal economic indicators, they'll be able to continue with that and, and get those out in a timely fashion. And I know, you know, these are professionals. They they want to get that this out. They're uh, they're scrambling and trying to do. Those who are, who are left are scrambling and trying to do the best they can. All right, Joe. Thanks a lot. Lots going on. Always appreciate your perspective. Thanks for being with us. You bet, Mike. Thanks so much. Take care, Joe Glober, senior research fellow at the International. Food Policy Research Institute, former USDA chief economist. So looks like good news indeed, uh, getting this uh, U.S.-Japan trade deal done. Remember, this is just a, kind of the first phase of it, the bigger package yet to be worked on after the first of the year. But uh, this part, certainly very good news uh, for agriculture. And tomorrow we'll get more reaction and analysis of the trade deal. We'll be talking with the National Pork Producers Council. The U.S. pork industry certainly looks to benefit from these uh, reduced tariffs for Japan. 
Well, here we are getting into the uh, harvest season. It looks like it's going to be a long one. It looks like it also may be a wet one. Uh, we're going to talk about propane supplies and availability. That's coming up next, so stay with us. You're listening to AOA Adams on Agriculture. Adams on Agriculture, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Then call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 immediately. That's 800-955-4538. Page Publishing is looking for authors of all types of books. And unlike most publishers, Page Publishing will take the time to review each and every book submitted to them and give you their feedback. If they like what they read, they'll get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, the Apple iTunes Store, Barnes & Noble, and other outlets. They handle everything. Editing, cover design, copyright protection, printing, publicity, and distribution. So if you've written a novel, children's book, cookbook, inspirational work, poetry, or a biography and want to get it published, then you need to call Page Publishing and do it immediately. Call 800-955-4538 now for your free author submission kit. Again, for your free author submission kit, call 800-955-4538. That's 800-955-4538. Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call. Call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 for your free author submission kit. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, immigration reform, reducing regulations, trade, new technology, as well as infrastructure and health care. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. There's a reason more than a billion feet of ADS farm tile lies beneath America's heartland. It's simple. We build trust. Since 1966, farmers and their families have trusted ADS products to improve yields and create longer growing seasons. From lift stations to water control structures, ADS agriculture has everything you need for total ag water management solutions. For everyone out there feeding the world, we wish you all a safe and happy harvest. Recently, on Adams on Agriculture, in the state of Wisconsin, legislation has been proposed to stop the use of misleading labels on imitation milk and dairy products. And here to tell us about that is Tom Crave, president of the Dairy Business Association in Wisconsin and a farmer and cheesemaker in Wisconsin. Tom, thank you for joining us. Uh, Tell us about this proposed legislation in Wisconsin. Well, it is being proposed that any product that is not truly milk or cheese, be not be able to use the milk or cheese label. It's, we think it's very simple. Uh, words do matter. Milk is milk, cheese is cheese. And we're just trying to have transparency for the consumers to be able to make an informed decision when they are buying products. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. I spend a lot of time in the garage, but even more time in the rain, 
sleet, and mud. In 95, I helped tow your moving trailer. In 05, I helped you get out of a ditch. Yeah, I know I'm a bit rusty, and sadly in 09, it was sparks from me. Your handy chains dragging behind your truck that accidentally started a wildfire. Sparks from dragging chains can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Well, of course, as we all know, it's going to be a late and long harvest. Lots of challenges. Looks like it could be a wet, muddy harvest in many places as well. And, of course, we're looking at uh, storing a lot of grain and grain drying this year. We'll talk about uh, propane supplies, availability, with CHS propane expert Dennis St. Aubin, who joins us now. Dennis, thanks for being with us. Yeah, good morning, Mike. Thank you for having me on. So what does this late harvest that we have uh, this year, what does that mean for propane availability uh, this year and uh, the demands that are going to be placed on the system? Yeah, that's that's a great question and a good place to start. As we all know, we've had a, a late planting season, late late spring with the crop in the ground. We've had uh, heat units to finish that crop off throughout the course of the summer. You know, basically around average, nothing above nothing above average for the most part. So it's pushing that crop later into the fall which is going to mean we're heading into a colder season, for one, and then also a crop that uh, may not be completely finished as to where the growers would like to see it coming in. That uh, percentages of moisture in that 15 to 17% will probably be seeing moistures uh, north of 20% moisture coming off the field is what we're anticipating. So what is the situation as far as supply of propane? And uh, then there's always the... uh, the, the issue of getting it to where it needs to be as demand, you know, draws it right. one place or another throughout uh, the Midwest. So what is our situation this year? Yeah, Mike, that's, that's spot on because the fact is, is that um, the urgency isn't so much around the gallon of propane. We have ample supplies of propane within the United States, within the, the upper Midwest, to uh, provide for the, the producers as they take off their crop. It's going to be more around just logistically moving that gallon to where the the peak demands are hitting. And if we look at how the uh, weather impacted across the whole Midwest in the Corn Belt area this this spring, um, we're anticipating the demand for crop dryer needs to be much higher um, in a much larger geography than what we typically would see for uh, propane demand as we head into fall. So what usually happens is you have a lot... Uh, a lot of people wanting it all at once at the same time, but maybe all in different places. Yeah, and you're trying to get it. Uh, yep. uh, it. How how does that work logistically? Are we prepared for that this year? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really where we're wanting to get to, Mike, is, you know, it's simple things that, you know, most people are taking practice of, but we want to make certain that we're all starting full on the farm. And then also for our home heating customers, make sure your tanks are full as we head into this fall season as well. Um, you know, the infrastructure, as much as we all want to believe, right, is, is going to be stressed over a peak demand like this type of uh, crop dryer demand that could be coming at us. So just to prepare everybody well, not to create any alarm or panic, it, it's not to that point, means. but if we anticipate, we prepare and plan, um, we're, we believe well that we can serve the needs of our customer. But it, it really starts with filling your inventory at the, at the farm gate, um, getting with your local propane provider, make a good plan with them, let them know, one, when you're going to start harvesting, and then kind of, two, what you anticipate for demands coming at you as you harvest your crop. That'll help us very well upstream from that to uh, 
really determine whether it be on a pipeline or a rail service to determine how much propane we need to have and where we need to have it at. So hopefully those conversations either have been going on or, or will happen very soon. Uh, Dennis, how, how do global events impact uh, the propane availability uh, on, on our farms here in the U.S.? When, when things are ha- different things are happening around the world that can perhaps interrupt supply or whatever, uh, uh, what should we be looking at there? Yeah, globally, uh, propane has certainly become a global commodity in the recent years. We have the capability to export up to 70% of our overall production within the United States. So that gallon that's being produced, in fact, right there in North Dakota, um, a good percentage of propane being produced in North Dakota, finds its way to that export market eventually, right? So whether it's staying domestically or it has the opportunity to go to foreign use, um, that we're competing a little bit with that here in our backyard. So again, you know, kind of going back to the fact, let's have a bird in the hand and fill that inventory when we have ample supplies right here in our backyards. But again, it's not a panic around the supply. It's more of logistics. So if we can plan for that and anticipate the, the customer's needs, we can well serve, serve that as we head into this fall. Dennis, uh, how can farmers plan for price changes and, and potential shortages as this, what looks to be a long, drawn-out harvest season uh, uh, goes on? How can they plan for some of those uh, situations? Right, right. Um, you know, two weeks ago was a, a good point of that. As we've seen some unrest in the Middle East, we've seen the overall price complex of the energy uh, spike up for a short window of time, and now it's relatively uh, moderated again since that time. It's keeping a little bit of a premium into the marketplace, whether you're looking at crude or even propane pricing. Um, but for the most part, what we would recommend is for the consumer, again, whether it be farmer, producer, or home heating customer, get with your local propane provider. Talk to them about the programs that they have available to you locally and take advantage of things like level paid budget programs, or prepayment program so that you can own that price of the propane as you head into the fall and winter demand. So the as we start off, as we wrap this up, we start off this harvest season in good in good uh, uh, shape with supply of propane, though, right? We do, we do. Uh, right in our backyards, absolutely. We're and we're planning for that. I guess that's what we're really trying to message out here, Mike, is we're. We're anticipating we're planning for a large crop drying demand, so we are preparing for um, good propane supplies, you know, locally. But it's going to be critical to get that that push into the country first, so we don't have excessive amounts of propane needs right. all at one time. That just helps the whole infrastructure service purpose. All right, Dennis. Thank you, Dennis St. Aubin, a propane expert for CHS. Thanks, Dennis. That wraps it up for today on AOA. Hope you'll join us again tomorrow.